hear me? Hello? Am I good? Well, I told the first service that um, I am going to be a daddy in a week or two. (laughs) So I better speak about freedom while I can. Um, (laughs) God is so faithful, is he not? I love what he's doing in our body and in our midst, and I just love to see him move in in people's lives, I just, this, even this morning after, uh, between services, just a few of the young adults and people are sharing testimony with how God's provision and how he's moving in their lives, and I'm just so thankful for what God's doing, and he's just a great God, and, uh, and uh, we're just so, we're such a privileged people to serve a God that we do, amen? We need to uh, quickly pray for um, Brittany Sweeney and uh, her boyfriend, some of you know Brittany, Tammy Sweeney often sings up to her daughter. They're at Vanderbilt right now. Uh, they were in a car wreck uh, last night, and the car toppled over. Uh, Jonathan has broken his neck and a leg, and they're, they're doing some surgery and whatnot, and she's being cleared from her waist down. She's got a gash in her foot. So would you guys just uh, stretch your hand out? We're going to pray for them. Father God, I thank you for your endless mercy. I thank you for your grace, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just touch them, Father, that you would be the doctor's hands and ears, Father God, Lord. I just pray for supernatural healing, God, in their life, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with their family, God. And I, I, I just submit them to your hands, Father, trusting you because you're God of all. And we love you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep them in your, in your thoughts and your prayers. I love what we've been learning over the last six months uh, in this church about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but I have had tremendous growth in my life from the word that has been brought. And, uh, and uh, I've just been chewing on that and, 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 and dwelling on that and just uh, learning and growing. And, and uh, I was a bit apprehensive when Pastor told us, uh, the staff, prior to the year start, that we were going into talking about the things of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that comes from my past being, I was raised in a, first a Catholic church, then a Baptist church, and there was no, we weren't talking about the Holy Spirit very much. We wasn't a lot of teaching on it, and, uh, and, and definitely we weren't moving in the gifts or operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that, that was for sure. The best we got was probably a clap at the end of a song. And, uh, and, and, and a brother and a sister, amen. So uh, other than that, there wasn't going to be much said uh, about the Holy Spirit. And... Um, you know, when I, when I got here, probably the most pro, one of the most uh, profound things that was said to me that has resonated in my heart uh, about the Holy Spirit was actually not during this last six-month stretch, although it's all been uh, just added on top of that foundation, but it was actually in a cool church meeting that we were having um, way back when I was teaching cool church and uh, down in the hallway with Margaret. We were in the office, and I remember we were sitting across from each other. We were planning a lesson for cool church, and she looked at me in the eye, and she said, Kevin... The job of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to share Jesus Christ. The job of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to share Jesus Christ. And that has always stuck with me because, guys, I don't know about you, but only I know what God, what Jesus Christ has done in my life. And not by my own strength, but I need some power behind that to share that with you. This morning, in my life, in my actions, everything that I do, I want it to be a reflection of Him. I don't want you to see Kevin O'Day because let me tell you, I'm really, I'm really a weak, broken vessel that He's chosen to use. And so, uh, and, and, and you are too. And you are too. And, and so we need that power to share Jesus Christ. Yeah. We need that power. And so who wouldn't want that? 
you know? And so I'm just so thankful that I go to a, a church and I'm part of a, belong to a body who, uh, who doesn't fret or fear going into the things of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I pray that you tap in and access that because it's available for you. He's the most intimate connection that we have to our Savior. And, uh, and we need him. We need him. So um, I, when I went into preparing for today's message, um, the direction I wanted to go is not the direction I'm going to go. I want to make a few brief comments about it, though, because uh, I think it kind of relates. But, um, you know, this morning, I'm just sitting here and watching us worship, and I'm just so excited. It does my heart so good to see the freedom in the house. And, uh, and, and I know that there's a lot of celebration in our lives because of what God has done, and it should be. There's a lot of joy, and it should be. That's how we should be living. It shouldn't just be on a Sunday morning during a, from 11 to 12.30. The type of intensity at which we worship and praise our God should be happening in our prayer closets. Do you know our private zeal should far outweigh our public zeal for the Lord? If you're down here jumping and wailing, what's going on every other day of the week? I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I do remember... Um, the first worship service that I attended here, one of the first ones, Ron, Pastor Ronnie got up and grabbed the microphone to pray over the service. It was in the old sanctuary, and he said, guys, this is a time of worship. If you need to stand at your pew or sit at the pew and, 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 and bow in reverence, you do that. But if you need to dance your socks off and run around this place, you do that as well. This is a time to connect with your God. Yeah. And that kind of, for me, defined kind of the boundaries, if you will, of what worship was in this house, you know? And so, being best friends with Isaac Meek, um, I tend to go on one end of that spectrum. If you knew him uh, back in the day, uh, he used to kind of be a dance, dance captain, if you will, for a bunch of guys that used to be on the, the left-hand side of the auditorium. And, uh, and I remember coming into worship, and, uh, you know, we would sing these songs, and... Um, and, you know, he would just start jumping like this, you know, just start jumping, you know. And so we would be behind him, you know, we'd start jumping, you know, and this was fun, this was great. He used to be jumping, you know. And, uh, and all of a sudden, that wasn't enough. So it started moving into something like, you know, like this, you know. We had to dance like this, you know. And so behind him, you know, we'd go, you know, as tense as we could, you know, you know. That wasn't enough, though. It was kind of like, then it started going like this. He's going to stomp those dumping, stomp those demons, stomp those demons. <laughs> So anyway, so he's going, he's going, he's going at this. And have you ever heard, have you ever been, uh, have you ever seen those uh, steps uh, in an aerobic time where you go up like this, like this? Okay. Well, that was Isaac's next move. But instead of having an aerobic step, it was the edge of the stage in front of Pastor Wayne. So he would just jump up there and jump down and jump up there and jump down. You know, and then you look up and he just disappeared because he's running around the room. Just running around the room. The freedom, the freedom. That was in worship, the freedom, the expression of his, it, the joy in his life for the Lord was incredible and it was contagious. Yeah. Do you know our freedom should be contagious? It should be contagious. Our Lord, he should be contagious. That's kind of where I wanted to go. I wanted to talk about our expression in worship and how we worship the Lord, the freedom in that. And there certainly is and there should be and there is joy in that. But like God so often does... <laughs> When I started to study about that, he said, no, Kevin, we're going to go in a different direction. And so, before I get into this, let's stand. We're going to read our scripture today. It comes from Ephesians, and then we're going to read a scripture from Psalms. Let's read. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air 
the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And from Psalms, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have delightful inheritance. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it does breathe life, Father. I pray for the hearts in this room. I pray for anyone who has come with walls that they would be obliterated this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would release freedom in this house, Father, that would carry us, Lord, not just today, not just tomorrow, but throughout time and into eternity. I thank you for that gift, God. Let us receive from you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I wanted to talk to you this morning about the attributes of the freedom in worship. And uh, as I was studying, like I said before, and preparing for that message and writing down notes, the Lord started to speak to me. And you know, of course, I was thinking about um, some of our worship experiences in here and, and whatnot. And I just, you know, I've been real encouraged by that. But as I was preparing, the Lord spoke to me and uh, he said, Kevin, I'm not interested in the masquerade. He said, I'm weary of the broken places and the bondages of my people. And I desire to move my people from freedom experience to freedom reality. I desire to move my people from freedom experience to freedom reality. I believe that so many times in my life, I just move from one experience to experience, to this, to experience. And the reason that I only move from experience to experience to experience is because the way that I determine my freedom is defined by the barometer of the world. And I want you to understand this morning that the world will never, ever, ever be able to define things of the Lord. His grace is incomprehensible. His mercy, we don't understand. And when we try to put it down and we try to understand it, we find ourselves chasing and chasing and chasing the wind and we end up in the same place we were. There's a song that we sing that says, 
I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. Guys, I have to tell you this morning, there's so many times I'm climbing that mountain and my hands are like this. Because since I can't comprehend it, since I can't define it, I don't know how to grab it and take it and own it. And so I've got to have my hands pried open so I can receive from him. I want to share my heart with you today and, uh, you know, probably in a, in a slightly different way than I'm used to, to doing. But when God gave me that word, um, I felt like the, the message was, was definitely different. And when he, especially when he said, Kevin, I want to move my people from freedom experience to freedom reality, I just kind of sat back in my chair and I said, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. We gather together each week, and the reason we gather here is so that God would be enthroned on the praises of his people. That's the purpose that we're here uh, for. But let's face it, guys. Some of us come in here trying our best to enthrone him on our praises, but we're kind of shackled down to the ground, and we're wearing the weight of the world, and we have just labored intensely on the chain that bears us down. I think Marley in the play Christmas Carol says it's a ponderous chain. For, For some of us it is. It is a ponderous chain. And what we do is we come in and we're shackled down, but when we look at each other, to see when pastor says we're going to move to the left move to the right we're going to raise our hands and worship we're locked down and don't let somebody look at us because we'd hate what they thought about us when we actually lifted our hands or moved as the song said and so we're tied down and we're shackled down and and, and it's everything that's coming out at us and um and, and what happens is, as, as Christians, at least for me, and guys, I might tell, I'll just tell you this right now. You guys might just sit there and listen to me say everything that God has spoken to me. I don't know if he, I, I feel he does have something for someone in here, but I'm telling you this message was for Kevin O'Day, okay? So I'm just going to share my heart with you, okay? In life, I believe that at times we take the world, everything that we have known, all the pleasures, all the good things in the world, and we use that as a barometer to compare what God has given us. We take the things of the Lord, we take God, we take, we take Scripture, we take things, and we try to find a filter and a place to put that into the barometer. That's the world, because the world, in our mind, is everything we've, only, it's everything we've known. And so we just try to filter that in. And some things we say, oh, of course, God's going to be bigger than that, and He's good than that. Some things... We're not ready to give into, so we're like, oh, I'm just going to like, I like what I'm doing on the world's end over here. And so as I was thinking about that and I was praying, I, I just said to the Lord, I was like, Lord, that is so backwards. That's so upside down. God, you should be the barometer and the world should be measured and compared against you as the barometer. And so I sat there and a presence came over me like none other. And I was actually in the car and I had to pull over because I started to weep because God said, no, Kevin. Nothing compares to my goodness. Nothing compares to how good I've been to you. Nothing compares to the thing that I did for you and and the freedom that I want you to have. And so he just kind of floored me there in the moment because where I thought, again, I was, again, taking my rational brain and working in the world and trying to make it backwards to make it make sense for me. But he says, no, this isn't something that you're going to understand. 
I want to move you from your freedom experience into freedom reality. And in order for that to happen, you've got to let go. You've got to let go. And so uh, he gave me, as I was preparing, he gave me Psalm 89. And uh, as I was, uh, as he was sharing that with me, and it just says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known in all the generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Your faithfulness surrounds you, God. It's a daily faithfulness. It's an hourly faithfulness. It's a minute by minute, second by second. It is a faithfulness that we cannot even begin to understand. And the reason that some of us are caught up in the repetitive patterns of our sin and our shackles and our chains is because we have not fully surrendered. We think that we like the chains much more much more than anything God has to offer because we have been so secure in those things. I wasn't going to share this because you can take it the other way, but just go with me in the analogy here. I have a wedding ring on. First three weeks of wearing this wedding ring, this thing's on my fingers. It's, it's weird. It's different, you know? Take a shower now, everything. I'm like, oh, there's my wedding ring. I'm comfortable with it. It's on my finger. I'm comfortable. Some of us are wearing our shackles that way. Some of us actually, it takes us to look down and say, oh, what's that doing there still? I thought I took that off. No, you just added a chain to it. And so we've invested so much into these chains and into these shackles. Scripture tells us once you've given your life to the Lord, it says some of you were once like that. The shackles that are in our lives are the things that tie us down. It's our sin. It's the things that the world offers us that we buy into. It's our cravings of our flesh, and we buy into those things, and we, we labor on those shackles and those chains. But you know what Scripture tells us? When you've given your life to the Lord, that's what it says. Some of you once were that were is a past, okay? Were means past. That's what you were. But see, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And because of that new creature in Christ Jesus, you were cleansed and you were made holy and you were made right by God, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. Scripture also tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love that scripture. I learned it first from Barbie in Psalms that says, the boundaries of my life have fallen in pleasant 
places because we misinterpret freedom again, defining it by the world's terms that freedom is I can just go willy-nilly and do whatever the heck I want to do and I'm just going to be Scott okay. But that's not at all what surrender means. Biblical surrender, I believe that's not what biblical freedom means at all. And so we take that and we take the liberties that we have and we say, I'm just going to use the world as my barometer and whenever I feel like doing what I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. But in order to make the Lord the Lord of your life, in order to say that I want freedom in my life, he's got to be residing within you. And let me tell you, the Spirit of the Lord cannot reside where there's sin. It can't be in the same place where we're actively walking uh, with a ponderous chain. Now, he wants, he woos you. He wants to break those things off of you. But he's not going to be actively moving your life to where where you can receive the reality of freedom unless he is your Lord. And so for those of us who keep on coming back with the same shackles and the same chain, going around the same mountain the 38th time, there's not freedom in your life. You get an occasional glimpse of celebration, but there's not freedom. You get a longing for what could be, but you don't walk in that. And God said, it's time to move away from the experience and time to walk into the reality. So I got thinking about chains and I got thinking about where I've been in my life and the Lord brought to my memory a dream that I had uh, several years ago. And some of you have heard this dream because I've shared it before. It's really the only dream that I I believe was from the Lord that I I remember. And um, I'm just going to share it with you this morning. But before, before I do, I want you to understand that the chain in my life that I labored on more than ever, more than anything, was the chain of feeling like I didn't belong, the chain of insecurity, the chain and the shackle of feeling like my life means nothing. When my creator stands before me, why would he choose me? Why would he want to use me? I bought into the lie of the world, the rejection of the world. I bought into the rejection of man. I bought into the rejection of people around me. Why would that person want anything to do with me? Why could I be used like that by that person? Why could I even be, why would they even think to include me into that group? I don't look like them. I don't act like them. I don't know how I fit in. I'm an odd puzzle piece that doesn't belong in the whole picture. That's what I bought into. And so the Lord gave me this dream. And I remember it was in the backyard of a, some, some large backyard, and it was a shack or a workhouse. And I entered in this workhouse. And I remember looking up and there were windows at the top of it and the beams of sunlight were coming through and it was dusty in the atmosphere so I saw the dust in the light. And I walked in and and, and I saw at this huge table there were all these tools and all this wood and all this different glass, paint, all types of different things. And at the end of the table sat this large bearded craftsman or builder and he was there and he was building things. He was fast at work hammering, sawing, painting. And I say he's fast at work, but man, he was moving slow. He was taking his time, building every piece, putting every piece just like it should be. So I pondered that for a few moments, and I looked upon the table, and I turned around. And to my amazement, when I turned around, I saw all of these statues or these figurines or these different types of uh, objects that were around the room. Some were small, 
Some were large. Some were tall. It's so tall I couldn't, I'd have to get on a ladder to look at the top of it. Some were, were all types of different shapes. They were all abstract. But when I went to them, when I went to the first one, I looked at it, and I started to study it. And something popped in my mind that this was a person in my life. This was a person that I knew, somebody of significance. And I started to study the detail on the sculpture. And I could have stayed there for hours on the one statue because there were lines and places that you had to look and research to get to. There were colors and places that you had to really filter through to try to find. There were places of beauty, air marked in the back and the bottom, all around the top. And I was just mesmerized by the, by the one piece of art. And I would go to the next one, and it would be another person in my life. And there would be totally different types of gasps and different types of things that I would, would find in that piece of, of artwork. And I would go to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, each one having a different breath, a different thought, a different original design, an original masterpiece by the one who is making all and I would look around the room and I would find it and I would just be amazed. And I, would, I got back after looking at dozens, perhaps, of these statues, which would probably, in my dream, was about three seconds. It seemed like an eternity of me just going through hour upon hour looking at every little bit of detail. And so I got halfway back or so and I, there was still some more to go. And a curiosity rose inside me. I wanted to know where I was. I wanted to know what my statue looked like. Because if these statues were so intricately made and done, then surely something has to be said of what my statue looks like. And I can't wait to see that. So, so I turned around and I, and I went back to the, to, the, to the table. And I said, hey, where, where am I? Where, where's my statue? So he set his hammer down for a second and he pointed in a direction. And as soon as he pointed in the direction, he took his hand down, he went back to the hammer, and he started hammering again and working on a piece. Well, immediately my curiosity was replaced with anxiety, with, with hope, with joy, with excitement, because I was about to see the masterpiece that was created for me. And so I go back, and I pass the first few that I'd already really looked at, and I started to look again. And, and, and it was as if I had not seen any of the statues the second time I turned around. They were that much more beautiful the second time. There was so much more to be seen. And I found myself stopping on the way to find myself to, to, to study more and more the, 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 the people that were in my life, the people I wanted to be like, the people I admire, the people who spoke into my life, the people the Lord had, had given me all around. And I started looking, but I was, I was driven more so and more so by my curiosity of who I was and what my statue looked like. So I would begin to pass the details of the other people and I would start to, to go for, uh, forward a lot faster and I hit a wall and I didn't see myself. And so I turned around and this time driven by not just frustration but anger, I went back to the table and I said, where am I? And he took his hammer and he put it down and he lifted his arm and he pointed. This time he kept his arm up. And I looked at the length of his arm to the tip of his finger, and I saw exactly where he was pointing. And so I slowly walked over to where he was pointing, which was a corner of the room. And I go over to the corner of the room, and I stood there for a second, because when I looked down, what I saw was what looked like a wooden carbon, carved wastebasket. And so I said, huh. 
and I picked up the wastebasket, or my perception of the wastebasket, and I turned around slowly and I walked back, passing all of the statues that I'd been looking at. I set the wastebasket on the table and I just started to weep. A wastebasket? Of all of the creation in this place, I'm a wastebasket. And I just was welling up with tears. And he got up off the table and he took the basket and he went over to a much larger counter that was over here. And on this counter was a bunch of broken and fragmented pieces. And each one of those broken and fragmented pieces represented broken and fragmented people. And he took that basket and he took his big arm and he scooped all of those broken pieces and fragmented pieces into the basket. He walked back to the table. He set it down in front of me. And he said, your perception, wastebasket. My perception, refuge for broken and fragmented people. And I just remember weeping because my life has been one that has been a refuge for broken and fragmented people. God has surrounded me because I was broken and he used my testimony and he's used what he's done in my life to help people see him. I have a purpose and I belong. And so I could choose to believe that I was the wastebasket or I could choose to believe that he has a purpose for me and a design for me and a desire for me to do his purpose so he can receive glory. I don't need to compare myself to anybody else. I don't look like anybody else. I don't need to act like anybody else because he's got purposes specifically for me that he doesn't have for you and he has purposes for you that he doesn't have for me. And whenever we all work in tandem with the gifts and the talents and the things he's given us, let me tell you something. You talk about freedom in this place. You talk about celebration in this place. People will be coming in here and grows. We won't have enough seats for the people that fill this room if we would take it out there and do what we're supposed to do. God is faithful he is faithful to us. And so what I had to do is I had to surrender. I had to surrender my perception of who I was. But I didn't just have to surrender my picture of who I was. I had to pick up the perception of who he said I was, who, who he claimed me to be. I had to claim that for my life. See, what you have to understand is that I believe that the biblical definition of surrender is not I just lay down, it's that I pick up. And what you pick up, I believe that his definition of surrender is this. Because the world, sa the world says that surrender is defeat. The world says that surrender is you're beat up. And the world's definition of surrender is white flag. His definition of surrender is crown, robe, and sonship. Crown, robe, and sonship. And in order for us to graduate from our freedom experience, we've got to move from that experience of just saying, okay, God, I'm here, but I'm not really giving it to you. I want to surrender, but no, I've got to hold back. We've got to release that to him and pick up and embrace the rightful place that he intended for us to be since the beginning of time. And so he has that for us in this place today. He has that for us today in, in, in this place. You see, listen, we were you were born. I was born in the middle of a war. In the middle, and, and unfortunately, we were born on the dark side of that war. And in that dark side of that war, the world came to us, and it, com it confused us. 
It lied to us. It, 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 it messed with our head. It messed with our heart. And it promised us things that it couldn't come up with. It, it, it said it was going to do things for us that it never did. And guess what? As we bought into that lie, as we bought into that thing, as we bought into that lust, we pondered on that train chain. We built the, built the, 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 the links on the chain. We built more shackles. And we continue to put ourselves down. And on the other side of this, of this war, on the, on the side that, of which we belong, there is a king. And that king is seated on his throne. And this is how personal our God is. He's looking over in through the darkness and he has the power to cut through and look at you specifically. He had the power to look through and look at Kevin O'Day specifically. And when he looked through that darkness and he called me out, he said, I'm coming after you, big boy. I'm coming after you, girl. I'm coming after you. Whatever you think you are, whoever you think you, whatever you've done, whoever you think you are, God is coming after you. And so what he could have done is he could have snapped his finger. He could have sent angels out for us. He could have just spoken, but you know what he did? He didn't do any of that. He said, I'm getting up off my throne. I'm keeping everybody here. I'm going in myself because let me tell you the worth of what I'm about to gain. The worth about, about, of who I'm going after, that's who I want. And so he cut through that darkness and he went right into the place where we were sitting shackled down. And he looked at you and he said, you know what? Every lie the world's given you, I have truth to offer you. Every time the world has put you down, I'm going to bring you up. And the death that the world wants to serve you on a silver platter, I've got life. Do you want what I have for you? And at some point in your life, I hope that you said, yes, Jesus, I want what you have for me. And guess what? He didn't say, okay, well, come on, let's go. Because he could have done that. No, he said, look, this is what's got to happen. If you want what I have to offer you, then you have to accept what I'm about to do. And there in the middle, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the uncomparable, the uncompar the uncomparable God, the, 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 the Lord of all heavens, he takes off his crown and he puts it on your head. He takes off his robe and he clothes you with his robe. And the one who is the only one that holds the keys to that shackle, unlocks that shackle, and he says, be free, my son and daughter. And guess what? It didn't stop there. He took that shackle because, let me say, if the shackle's still there, then there's a tendency to want to go back. So what he had to do is he had to say, I'm going to take that shackle and I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to take that shackle and I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to take that chain upon myself. And so wor the world, the darkness, began to surround him. And guess what? They mutilated him. They destroyed him. They ridiculed him. And they served him death like on a cross. And they put him to death. But guess what darkness did not understand? What the darkness did not understand is that there is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is only the absence of light. And when you bind and you shackle up light and darkness, there is no more darkness. So darkness is destroyed. And so he destroyed the darkness. So that you and I can move from freedom experience into freedom reality. And so we can't comprehend the great love of our Father. We can't comprehend to even think that we can compare it to the world is an insult to the Holy Spirit. And so for us to take this gift, all we have to do is we have to surrender. Surrender doesn't look like the world says. Surrender looks like this. I receive. I receive. Because I need to replace what I'm giving up. And I don't want to replace it with what I think I need. I want to replace it with who you say I am, God. I want to replace it with what you have for me. Would you guys stand to your feet with the musicians come, please? Scripture tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
There is freedom in this place because the Spirit of the Lord resides here. He resides here, and guess what? He wants to reside in your heart. Guys, this thing isn't about a two-hour jumping up and down celebration on a Sunday morning. We come here to celebrate the freedom we have every single day. And so we need to move into the reality of our freedom. We need to move in and, and bridge that. And let me tell you something. When it says the Spirit of the Lord, is He the Lord of your life? Are you dictating your life or is He? Because with Him, He says the table is open. And I want you to come have a seat and I want you to feast. I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care how messed up you've been. I don't care where you've been because I was there. He says I was there. I was in those shackles. I destroyed them. Why do you keep bringing them up? Let's just dance and play and party and have a good time. Because let me tell you, I'm your Lord and I've got great things for you. Will you put on the crown this morning? Will you put on the robe this morning? And will you surrender to him? We're going to do something different this morning than what we usually do. I'm not going to ask the prayer warriors to come. But some of you need to truly surrender. I'm not talking about that weekly surrender where you come back but you walk out with it. I'm talking about I want my life to be radically changed from this point forward. I want to live in the reality of my freedom. And so the altar space is open. This is a massive space down here. And it only can be filled by a massive God. And so God is here this morning and you come and you surrender to him. We're going to sing this song because I think these lyrics are exactly spot on the way that we need to respond to our God. What can I do? What can I say? What can I, how can I respond to this but to open up my heart to you? So if you need to surrender today, you come down and you don't hesitate. Let's sing this song. You stood before creation Eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion. My soul now to stay. It's not about your neighbor next to you, it's about you and your God. You stood before my failures. You carried the cross. For my shame, my sin weighed up on your shoulders, my soul now to stay. So what can I say? My soul now to stand. What 
starts now when you walk out of this place. Some of you have released shackles and chains. Don't pick them back up because the reality is, is that they don't exist anymore because that's who you once were. Raise your hand and let me give you a blessing. May the God whose mercy is endless and grace is sufficient bless you and take you and carry you into the exact purpose and calling that he has for your life. And may you walk boldly into that, not allowing anything to pull you or tie you down because you're free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Be blessed.